Hey, everybody. How are we doing? It's, it is warm. I, I don't. It, just wait. We got like two days and it's going to snow again. I'm not kidding. We're actually getting snow on Monday. I'm dead serious. We could get up to an inch. It's kind of ridiculous. It's going to storm like all day tomorrow and then we might get snow. But we got our first, you know, taste of spring. I'm a little disappointed. I love winter, like legit love winter. But this is giving me whiplash. And I think I just got booed by somebody in the back. <laughs> That's okay. But we are, yes, it is very warm. My car does not have very good AC. So when I get out of my, I got out of my car the other day and gave one of my friends a hug. And she was like, did, did you? Did you get sunburnt? He's like, no, I just was sitting in my car and it was so hot that it feels like I have sunburnt. But I didn't get sunburnt. I have other friends that got sunburnt in like a half hour in the last two days and then it's gonna, it's crazy. Anyway, glad you guys are all here. Welcome back. Couple weeks off here, but we are back at it. Kind of the home stretch here and we're jumping into a brand new series. We're going for the next three weeks, we're going to talk about relationships. That's just what we're calling this, relationships. So we are going to talk about family relationships, we're going to talk about friendships, and then we're going to talk about some dating. I know, right? Just gross. Just ew. So we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks. Next week, Tall Tony is going to be here to bring the word. That's going to be exciting. You'll know he's here because he's by far the smallest person in this room. Uh, so it's going to be great. But tonight, I am kicking off this series, and I am excited to talk about family. We're talking about our family relationships. Uh-oh. Do I need to preach from back here? But... So we're going to talk about family here tonight, and the great thing about it is everybody, I know it, everybody has a family, because it's how God made the world. Everybody has a family. So when we're, talk, we're going to talk about this, I know that everyone has some kind of reference, some kind of understanding, because you have a mother you have a father, what your relationship is with them, how it's connected, whether or not you have siblings, any of those things will be different. But I know everyone has that. But I am not foolish enough to realize that all of you have a different understanding of family. All of you have a different definition of family. Now, before we get too far... I can't help, but if we're going to talk about family, I have to talk about two things right off the bat, and I don't know for sure if you'll get either of these, but the two things that come to my mind when I think about family is the Fast and the Furious and Lilo and Stitch. So, Fast and the Furious, of course, you've got, they're making their 10th movie this summer. They've had 10 of them, guys, plus a spinoff. I, I don't get it. 
I saw the first ones when they came out, and it was just about two guys that were in a illegal street racing. And I've seen one of the more recent ones, and they had a flying tank. I don't know how they got from one to the other, but that's where they're at. But the theme of Fast and the Furious is family, that they defend their family. They live with their family. They die for their family. And I can't help but just hearing Vin Diesel's voice in my head whenever I hear it. But then I also think of Lilo and Stitch. And of course you have Right? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's just where my head goes. And they're getting a live action. They're making a live action Lilo and Stitch and like years and I'm super excited about it. It's going to be great. But that's where my head goes. And the great thing about both of those movies is their definitions of family are different. When Fast and Furious talks about family, like they have a husband and a wife and kids, at least I think so by like the seventh movie. But they're really, when they're talking about family, they're talking about their found family the friends that they made. And then you go to Lilo and Stitch, and the family is just the two of them. It's just sister and sister, because mom and dad are out of the picture, and, and it's just the two of them living together. And then Lilo joins, or Lilo's there, and Stitch joins the family, and that's the whole, the whole thing with that. But I love that there's a wide understanding of what family means. And I understand that that's the case for everyone in this room, too. Everybody here thinks about something different when they think about their family. For myself, my family story, I have dad, Bruce, mom, Kathy, sister, Karen, whose birthday it is today, which is great. Yeah, yeah, she's not here, she can't hear you, but yeah. Um, and her husband Chris, and his son Nolan, and my nephew-to-be, my, as my sister is pregnant, and is due in, in July. Yeah, I'm going to be an uncle again, it's going to be great. I wore my Funkle shirt, my fun uncle Funkle shirt, uh, yesterday that my, my nephew gave me for Christmas because I love that, but that's my family, and then my extended family is very, very close. I can go back at least five generations, and every single member of them was a Christian, and I'm well aware that that is a massive blessing in my life, to see the faithfulness of God for five generations, 150 years of Christ in my family, and I'm very close with my immediate and my extended family and we get together regularly i saw them you know we all got together for easter and i love that about my family and that's my understanding of family and for some of you you hear that you're like yeah that sounds pretty familiar and for other of you you're like that sounds nothing like my family and i understand that and i want you guys to know that i understand that and so what I'm going to be talking about here tonight, what I'm going to jump into tonight when it comes to family, is biblical 
standing. And here's the reality that I want you guys to understand. Every family failed at what I'm about to say. Every family has failed at this. I'm going to talk about this more at the end. But there are going to be some people, and I'm well aware of it, that are going to hear these things, and it's going to be hard to hear. It's going to be heartbreaking to hear because their family doesn't look like this. And I want you to hear that each of us has not been gifted this. Everyone has a broken family that needs to point us to Jesus. But I also want to dive into this because this is also hope-filled. God wants us to have hope and, a, and see the beauty of what family is and can be. So I want to jump into Scripture, where we should always go when we're talking about this, where we should always go. So I'm going to jump in, and first I want to talk about what the Bible says about family in general. There's a great verse that just goes through everything about the family. That's in Colossians. Colossians 3, verse 19 to 21. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. It's amazing what is going on here is... Paul, who's writing this from the words of Jesus, he's painting a picture of what the perfect biblical family looks like. And the great thing about this is every part is connected to the other. And the crazy thing is, is if one part breaks down, the whole part breaks down. And so this is entirely reliant on each part of the family. And that's not to say that you cannot have a good biblical family without a wife or a husband or something like that. But this is, is the presented perfect ideal. And this is our goal then for what we push for as part of a family. Every one of us is part of a family, right? And so we start right off, I want to just go through a couple of these words, specifically the verbs. And you have, first of all, submit. Wives, submit to your husbands. This is a word that oftentimes people today hate. They don't like to hear the word submit. Because the idea of submission has been abused has been taken and used against people, against wives who are meant to submit. Submission is trust. When you are submitting to someone, you are putting yourself in their hands. The, the, the vision, the, the analogy that people, of course, think of when you think of submission is bowing down to someone. Right? You get down on your knees and you bow before 
And what this does, and has done for years, is it exposes the most vulnerable part of your body, the back of the neck and the back. Everything runs through your spine and your neck. And so you are literally putting yourself at the will of the person you are submitting to and saying, I am entirely in your hands. This is the vision, this is the picture that we have for this. And the wonderful thing about this, while Paul is specific here to the wives, each of these verbs also apply to each other member of the family. Wives are to submit to their husbands, but also husbands submit to their wives. And children submit to their parents. Each submission looks different and connects differently, but this is overarching. And it goes to the next. Husbands, love your wives. The Greek have, and if you guys didn't know, the New Testament was written in Greek. It wasn't written in English. And the Greeks have four different words that we just call love. They have four different words that they used to describe the actions of love. And they meant different things. There was love between husband and wife. There was love between friends. There was love, and this is the one that's used here, agape, it's called. Agape. And agape love is self-sacrificing love. Agape love is the word used to describe what Jesus does for us. Agape, he loved so much that he sacrificed, willingly gave his life for his bride, as it's described in the Bible. And so husbands are called to love their wives as Jesus loves his wife, his bride, the church. So much so that he would die for her. And do not be harsh with them. And these things then start to come together. We start to see when people hate that people use the word submit. It's because the husband was not the husband was harsh. And so the submission becomes an abuse. And it's not how this works. It's not how it's supposed to work. And then we get to the children. And I know for a fact that every single one in here is one. Not everyone in here is a husband or a wife. There are some. But we're all children. And so we all receive this message. Obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. It's a big ask. And I don't know about you. I probably know about you, but I know for myself. I'm not good at this. I don't obey well. I I have always been a bit of a, a you know a, a mom mama's boy, 
you know, I, I followed the rules when I was young, but I still had plenty of rebellion, plenty of I don't want to hear what you have to say, obey what you have to say. And there's a strong and sometimes difficult part of this where it says obey in everything. That's hard. That's really hard. But that's that's what we're called to. Called to it. However, remember, this all has to work together. If the wife does not submit well, if the husband does not love well, the obeying does not go well. It becomes much more difficult to obey someone who is not loving or submitting well. We won't talk about it too much. I talked about it a little bit on Wednesday. But the other part that's, that's put on parents is to train, raise, and instruct. And when they don't do that well, the obeying falls to the side. It becomes much more difficult. But I love that it even keeps going. And it says, fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. There's a double down. And probably the more accurate translation here is not just fathers, but parents. Parents, do not provoke your children. And that can be hard because we as children have a tendency to provoke. Am I right? We have a tendency to be the ones who provoke. And our parents are then called to not be the provokers in turn. Because our goal is not to provoke either, but to obey. And then there's a wonderful verse that I feel like connects really well with all of this that I found in Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11:29 says, "Whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind." When we think about families, we think about what a legacy will be from our family. Our legacy goes on, right? From parents to children, and those children become parents to their children and generations. Inheritance is a big part of family. It's a little less so nowadays, at least in the monetary way, but there's always still the idea, the arguing, the connection of inheritance. And the author of Proverbs here makes it very clear. If you bring trouble, trouble of any kind, to your household. And I love that this is not specific to any part. It's anyone and everyone in the family. When you bring trouble, here's what it, what it means when it says you will inherit the wind. You can't hold the wind. You can't collect it. It's nothing. So what they're saying here is when you bring trouble to your family, you receive nothing and this is the thing about family. We, we want to receive, we should receive things from our family. Support, love, submission, all these things. 
But we lose all of that, according to this, when we bring trouble into the family. It's a strong word. It's strong, but do not bring trouble. And as we I want to go into this last part here tonight, I want to talk a little bit of what specifically the Bible has to say to us as children. And this is going to be two verses that more or less say the same thing. One is quoting the other. The first is Exodus 20, verse 12. This is out of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother so that your life will be long on the fertile land that the Lord your God is giving you. And then Ephesians 6, 1 to 3, quotes, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. There's two words here. We've heard one already, and we have a second one introduced here. Obey, we've already heard, and honor. Honor your father and your mother. And this is the tricky part as kids. Because here's the thing about honor and what this is saying here. There is zero exception. Zero exception for honoring your father and your mother. Does not matter what they have done, how they have acted, whatever it is, there is no reason to not honor your father and mother. The obeying, it says obey in Christ. So when they are in Christ, when they are leading in Christ, then you will obey them. When there is a loss of biblical focus, there is a loss of obeying. But honor, and this connects to the reality that each and every person on this earth, no exceptions, no, no substitutions, every person is an image bearer of God. Which means every person deserves honor and dignity. Every single person. And this includes your father and your mother. And so the honoring and the obeying comes in. And this is where we have to let pride go. This is where us as children come into this conversation and we believe we know what's best for us. We believe that we have the right to it. And independence is true but it must fall under honor. Each and every one of us must honor our parents. And this does not go away when you graduate out or leave the house, go to college or the workforce or whatever. Honor stays. As long as they are your mother and father, they are honored. 
And so this is the standard put before us. Each and every one of you are given this standard. Always honor your father and your mother. So this is the relationship. This is what it's based upon. This is what family relationship is based on. Honor. Love. Submission. Obeying. But these high callings often run face to face. We run face to face or headlong into reality. The reality is this. We know that our family is not doing this perfectly. I know that I have failed to obey and honor. I know that my mom has failed to submit well. I know that my father has failed to love well. I know that my sister has failed to obey well. These things have fallen by the wayside. These things get lost. But it does not mean that it's not what we strive for. But it also gives us one final truth. And the truth is this. We as humans seek basic needs in our family. Belonging, safety, connection. And the reality is we can and should find those things in our family. However, we will not find them perfectly, fulfillingly. Because our family is meant to show us that we need a perfect father. That we need a perfect family. And so our family is meant to show, highlight, point us towards the perfect father. The son who is called our brother and our friend, Jesus. The family that will be one day completely perfected in the church. And so we realize that our family is important. And we need to strive for these great things that scripture calls us to. But we also need to realize that these things point us toward If you're going to look for the perfect submission, you're going to find it in Jesus, not in your mother. Because he submitted himself to us on that cross. Perfect submission. You're not going to find the perfect fatherly love in your Father, you're going to find it in your heavenly Father. You're not going to find 
somebody worth obeying perfectly in your parents. You're going to find it in your father who leads from perfection and is holy and perfect. Who is never going to provoke you as his children. Never discourage you as his children. And so this becomes our hope that family is not the fulfillment. Family points us to the fulfiller. And so when we go home today, tonight, back to our families, whatever they look like, however they appear, we go back to those families remembering that they are imperfectly pointing to Jesus and we need to do the same. Our goal is to point them to their Father, not to be fulfilled in us. Our will is not the will that the family runs by. Our Father's will, our Mother's will, is not the, it's God's. And so I hope that when you go home, I hope that when you guys hear this, that you are encouraged to push your family closer to Jesus. To lead your family by your example of how you obey, how you love, how you submit, how you trust, how you honor pointing always toward Jesus, who's the one worth going to. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you today, thanking you for who you are, seeking your wisdom, your teachings, seeking to obey everything that you have taught us, commanded us. Just pray that everything that we do in our family points the family toward Jesus. Pray this in your name.